theyeshiva.net. Jacobson? Yeah. I, I wanted to mention that yesterday after the share when we closed the scoring, um, Rebbe spoke for about 20 minutes afterwards, and I very much advise everyone in the shir to listen to that 20 minutes because it really summarized and brought together a lot of the shir, what you have learned in, what we have learned inside of the shir, and it was really, very excellent. Probably if you go to the yeshiva.net at the end of the shear, he, he leaves on the recording, so it's probably there. It's like 10 minutes or 15 minutes here. Okay. Yeah. I already listened to it three times over. I mean, it's very. Really? I'm trying to. Um, Totally Which point was so effective? Um, Reddy said that um, that that there's Ainsof, and through a process of, of um, coming coming down, so to speak. Yeah. And, and, and the, the ultimate Ainsof or being um, contained, but then there was a breaking and a fragmentation, and now we're in the ultimate fragmentation. There's no more fragmentation. I was wondering about splitting the atom. If it's like a there's a fragmentation and the job of a Jew well I think, I think splitting the atom is a very powerful uh, scientific metaphor for the spiritual process of Shreya Sakela. yeah well except people are doing it and it's yeah no I'm not uh, I'm not pro Iran developing uh, nuclear bombs I'm just and um, Rebbe said that the purpose of a Jew is to bring into the world the awareness that among the fragmentation which Hashem created and which is the reality that we have now is to bring Hashem oneness into the fragmentation and to recognize that all the fragmentation is really part of the oneness. Use the mushroom of the word Baruch. The Rebbe, I think the Alter Rebbe used the Baruch. Base, Resh, Bav, Bav. And if, if, we, if, we, if, it's all together, if it's all together and the base and the Resh, they all see that they're all part of one unity, then it's, then it's, then it's good, I then it's a blessing. Then it's a blessing. But if the base feels separated and doesn't recognize the oneness, then that's when um, the um, uh, challenges, I guess, come in. Or... Beautiful. You see the Maila when you give Chazar of the Shir? Takes only 45 seconds. <laughs> you know how long that would take me to say? We could, we could go now. <laughs> that would take me a whole hour. <laughs> You should do that every morning. <laughs> every morning, a chazara. Point and the symphony. It's a symphony of creation. Symphony. You like the symphony. But it has to have a conductor. We have to know that there's a conductor. Yeah, no symphony without a conductor. Yeah, beautiful. He should just going on what he said, that if, if the science is a, uh, somehow to understand what's going on in the spiritual side, so if you, if you split, if you split the atom and make nuclear energy, so when you are, kind of translating to the spiritual side, that when you get into the crux of it, you're causing this immense power to come forth into the universe. Uh, but also destructive power, explosive. I, I'm talking about in terms of explo- the explosions that are created, how things break up from explosions. 
for me, the biggest chiddush of the conductor is he doesn't say one word. In every symphony, in every symphony, the conductor never speaks, never says a word, and doesn't really... uh, and when you look at it from the surface, all he does is he's sh- making with his hands. He's sweating away. He's jumping and leaping and sweating and working, but he doesn't say a word. And the, the audience can't even see his face till he bows down at the end. It's it's fascinating because this this conductor is voiceless. He's not giving instructions, right? He's not uh, communicating in any way. But in his silence, he embodies the the symphony. Yeah, this, the the whole organization of it. I mean, he's communicating with his hands, with his gestures. Okay, so let's move from here. There is a term that's very well known, and it's used here often in this mimer as well. It's called birur hanetsutsus. Whoever dabbled a little bit in the works of. Uh, of Machshave, of Kabbalah, certainly of Chassidus, knows the term Birur Hanitzaitzis, literally the elevation or the clarification or the sublimation of the sparks. Most people here who grew up in Hasidic communities heard this term at Chalashudas or at various classes or Shiurim or Drushes by their teachers or Rebbes or whoever, or Shishivas. Very, very common in, in Hasidic cultures and circles, all of them. There's a very, very, very often used term more than in other communities called Nitzaitzis and Birur Hanitzaitzis, right? Amos, there's sparks and the sparks have fallen and you have to elevate the sparks and there's Nitzaitzis. It's a very common term. And yet, if you'll ask many people who grew up with them what it means, they're usually clueless about it some sparks flying everywhere and and these sparks and I don't know, there's always problems with these sparks and I have all these uh, there's a lot of customs around these sparks like Shaivavim, Tato and many other traditions that are all there because of the huh? (laughs) because of the sparks, these sparks that have to be, I don't know, rescued or redeemed or emancipated or liberated or they're just a mess. These sparks are just messed up pretty badly. And you are usually messing them up much worse than they are. And uh, if you can get your act together, you will do some big benefit for the sparks. So uh, it's, it's just, it's like a term, on tzutzes, bitter tzutzes. The reason is because it's quoted so much in Svarim. It's not, it didn't come from nowhere. One of the the beautiful elements of this moment is that the Balhatanya the Alter Rebbe, actually explains the words Birur Hanitzutzus, relatively speaking, in such an elaborate and clear way that one can actually relate to it in a very real way and understand the the profound meaning of these words. And maybe the best way to describe it is this is what I was saying yesterday after the Shir is that essentially the whole world is a symphony. If you ever went to a symphony, there are symphonies that number hundreds of musicians, not 20, hundreds, hundreds. Symphonies of a few hundred musicians, each one playing a unique instrument. Sometimes you have many playing the same instrument, but overall, you have so many diverse instruments, and they have to play different instruments. 
But there is a symphony, there is a song, a ballad, that is being conveyed through all the musicians, through all the instruments, with so many different notes within each song. Every, every ballad, every song has so many different notes. And the notes come together, the musicians come together, the instruments, the orchestra, orchestra's instruments, musical instruments come together. And for somebody who appreciates music, a music connoisseur, there are a few things that are as uh, elating and elevating and inspiring yeah. as the, reson- the resonance and the sounds of that music. And people who love music and are passionate about music you know, could often melt away in, in, in delight and pleasure and ecstasy from that, that experience. Now, there are symphonies and there are symphonies. There's different levels of, uh, of symphonies and uh, of uh, conductors and directors and, of course, composers. But what's the uniqueness of a symphony? It's the harmony. It's the unity of so many diverse people and instruments and notes all coming together in that powerful journey, which is a symphony. The symphony itself goes through so many stages because uh, there's different motions and different experiences through which the music takes one through. In that sense, what we're learning here is, if I could use this marshal, is that essentially the whole world is a symphony. It's a, it's a musical symphony. But a symphony is not the obliteration of, uh, of the differences of people. Everyone is not playing the same thing. It's the convergence, it's the unity, the integration of so many different forces coming together. If you really look at it, every organism, you look at your body, it's a symphony. There's 40, 50 trillion cells, and some say now there are more. And uh, 40 is already considered an, an antiquity, an old number. But 40 trillion is a pretty big number. You could try to do it on paper. 40 trillion will take you a while. It won't take 40 trillion years, but it'll take a while. And uh, but But in a healthy body... This the 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 ah uh, the integration the unity with which all of the limbs and organs work and all the cells and the the, the genome and the tissue and the bones and the veins and the arteries all beginning in the brain the brain is like the literal conductor Agan Satag he's very busy it's a, it's an incredible thing because of how many details far more incredible than a than a symphony. Huh? A Hakten Cup, yeah. They have in science something called a superorganism. Superorganism means when it's not one body working together, well, you'll have like a colony of ants. You'll have millions and millions and millions of ants, and somehow they work together as though it was one organism. It's called a superorganism. We're like in a beehive. I was once in a beehive. There were close to 100,000 bees. But they all know how to work together. And it's essential. Because they're not working together, nobody survives. Everybody does different jobs, but there's always one purpose. The purpose is the existence, the perseverance, the survival, the preservation of the ant colony, or the beehive. And they'll go on Mr. Snuffish for it. And everyone has this. The queen has her job, of course. She's the queen. She's the conductor. And then there's the work bees. 
who are live for 30 days, and then there's the male bees who are just there for, you know, what men are good for, three, four days, and then they're, et cetera, et cetera. There's, you know, the honey, the beehives, but it's incredible because it's, it's not one organism, it's not one brain. One brain in one body tells me what to do and I follow it. But my brain can't control your life unless through dictatorship. But in these super organisms, it's a fascinating thing. A hundred million insects or 50 million insects or a million insects or five million insects, whatever the number is, 40,000, are working in complete synchronization. And they didn't go to university for this. Nobody's getting paid. There's no incentives. There's no bonuses for New Year's. Uh, There's no New Year parties. Right? For those uh, in corporate America. Nothing of it. But somehow, nobody even gave them a Musa speech about Biri Hanitzaitzis. <laughs> nobody told them, guys, <laughs> you gotta work together. If not, we're dead. It's, a ge- it's genetically embedded in them. They somehow figure out what to do, know what to do. They come out and negate. It's like a code that's inside of me. It's like a Shulchan Aruch. That's inside of me. I don't have to read it. I don't have to learn about it. I don't even have a choice. It's not like there's a bad day. Now the bee wakes up one morning and says, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. I'm not going to work. This is all humans. But there's no such I'm not going to work. It's like you, you don't even get lazy. There's no, this is who, this is who you are. No tree says, we're not, we're stopping to grow. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not contributing to the environment anymore. It's time for retirement. Huh? Over there, the, it's a, I'm giving a marshal. Yeah, Shvedes HaKelem affected the whole world. So essentially, the whole world is a symphony. The whole world is this symphony. And it's playing a niggin. It's a niggin. What's the niggin? The marshal is, there's the niggin of Baruch. But Baruch is just a metaphor. Right? This, the niggin is far more elaborate than Baruch because you're dealing with so many details. We're not just dealing with humans. We're dealing with animals and mammals and fish and reptiles and birds and insects and and all living organisms and trees and bushes and fruits, vegetables and stars and galaxies, earth and heaven, waters, the entire planet plus the entire universe beyond our planet, the entire cosmos. And that's just the physical universe that we observe. And there's the spiritual universes. It's really a symphony it's a symphony of complete unity. It sings a song. However, each one has its unique chemistry. I am I, and you are you. The tree is the tree, and the turtle is the turtle. The crocodile is the crocodile, and the catfish is the catfish, and the cheetah is the cheetah, and the black hole is the black hole. And uh, the maple tree, or the cedar tree, is the cedar tree. But it's part of a niggin. This is that everyone constitutes a unique instrument or a unique note in the song. And it plays its instrument, it plays the song through its unique method, through its unique chemistry. And that's what a nitzutz means. A nitzutz means... The inner music of who you are. Yeah, the word nitzutz even comes from the word misnoitzets, which means you you glitter, you you flicker, you spark, you, like sparkle. 
Misnoit says you sparkle. It's your spark. You know when you say your spark? It's your oomph. It's your energy. It's who you are. Or to put it differently, it's the divine core of your being. It's Hashem's will that you should be here, which is the purpose of who you are. And it ultimately makes up the inner vitality of every single created being. The challenge is that these natsutsas are divided particles. I have mine, you have yours. What does Birur HaNitzitzis really mean? Birur HaNitzitzis really means to be able to identify the godliness in you, to be able to identify the spark in you. Birur, from the word Birur, like in Shabbos, right? Birur, you clarify, you dissect, you extract it, you identify it. And when that happens, you're restored back to the symphony of who you really are. So that the Nitzitzis come together and create that achtos, that oneness. Beis, Reish, Vav, Chaf, as the marshal we learned, is the classic example for that. The Beis, essentially, when it's together with Reish, Vav, Chaf, what is it? It's a keli that channels a certain oir. In other words, what is the Beis? The Beis is an expression of Baruch through the Beis, and the Reish is an expression of Baruch through the Reish. Without competition, each one, by being itself, conveys and is a channel for that energy. Who are you? Yeah, You are a channel of, div- of divinity. You are a manifestation of God's infinite light in this world. That's who you are. Who am I? Same. Through me being me. And the same is true with every single created being in its own unique way. And therefore, there's complete oneness. Oneness doesn't mean that Beis and Reish look the same. They don't have to look the same. They can't even look the same. But it's like the jigsaw puzzle. No two pieces are the same. If it would be the same, you wouldn't have the puzzle. Pieces are different, but they, they're part of a puzzle. And they, they fit with each other. They work together. And it's that jigsaw puzzle that creates a mosaic. It creates a tapestry. It creates that singular piece of art. The same is true with what an architect does in a home. The Rambam says in Hilcha Shabbos that the definition, he says that curdling milk into cheese is a told of Melechis Boina. You're not allowed to do construction on Shabbos. And he says, curdling milk into cheese is construction on Shabbos. What's the connection? You wouldn't think that curdling milk into cheese would be Melechis Boina. Boina sounds like putting up a building, pitching a tent, constructing a, a, a home. Where, where's the Boina of curdling? So the Rambam says the definition of Boina is you take different Chalakim, you take different pieces that are separate and you create one entity, one holistic goof. That is the definition of boina and halacha. He's really trying, what's really, what's a structure? What's a structure? The chiddush of a structure is you come into a building, you come into home, what the architect did, what the engineer did, what the contractor did, right? All the details to work together to become now, it's not a screw, it's not a counter, it's not a table, it's not a wall, it's not a pipe, it's a home if you were dealing with a fine contract. If not, it's a pipe, it's a screw, it's a window, and nobody knows what's flying. It's also that. But in the real binion, you walk in, there's endless details, but they're not details. There's a home. They're all essential to the home. Again, it's a symphony. So Birir HaNitzutzis really means to be able to identify yourself, not as an isolated base, but as part of a divine symphony.
which of course transforms the person from an isolated being into an expression of infinity, of God's light. And therefore, there's also no ribuy, there's no multiplicity, and no machloikis, there's achtos, there's unity, there's oneness, just like that symphony, it's all about oneness, it's all about integration. So, ata echad, you're one. V'shimcha echad, your name is one. What does it mean, your name is one? We say in Mincha, right? Ata Shabbos, ata echad, your name is one. There's a difference between you and your name. You're one, okay, you're one. Your name is one means, your expression is one. Your name is how you affect other people. The name is how you're known by other people. How do I know you? I know you through your name. I know you through your reputation. A name is always the way you're projected. You say, he has a good name. She has a good name, right? We know people through their name. I don't only mean their name. Chaim, Yankel, Yossel. I mean their name in terms of their, huh? Their reputation and their identity. I don't, I don't know your core. I know you through your name. I know, I know, I watch you. I know you through your light, through your expression. I hear you speak. I watch your gestures. I, 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 I sit with you. I spend time with you. I just, I know the light that I get from you. That's called your shimcha. For shimcha, your light, your projection is also echat. Meaning, there's Hashem Himself. There's the way Hashem emits light to sustain the whole universe. That's also echat. It's also one. It's also all oneness. But, Shvir Sakela means that the world looks like anything but a symphony. Because the shattering of the vessels means that Bayes defines itself as a Bayes. Reish is a Reish. I sing my own song. And at some point I even stop singing my song. I'm just singing whatever I come up with. Every, every, every musician, it's like, imagine the conductor is gone and chaos you know, mayhem uh, ensues. How how long can a symphony last without a conductor? Anybody knows? Let's say the conductor gates schlafen. Huh? They still have their notes. Huh? It, it devolves into cacophony. Right, why? Even though they have their notes, it's interesting. Why? Because you see the symphony, the it's undergoing days and weeks and maybe sometimes months of training together, besides all the right. training each one did. Right. But that's individual. The, it's individual, individual, and it can start to come together. Once he's there, and he has his baton, and everyone knows what's about to happen, they wait for those cues. They're looking at their notes, no question about it, they know their instrument, but, but he is synthesizing, he's bringing them all together. When he starts bringing it together, Yeah, and it's fascinating. If the conductor leaves and everybody has notes, it will not last. It just uh, ultimately it becomes a a cholent and a churban. Yeah, and that's even though they have their notes. Culture can if you don't have notes, then it's just like I was as a child in yeshiva. I was in a choir, so. I remember we once had a concert with Mordechai ben David and Joe Amar, Allah Hashalom, uh, and you know that uh, those chevra, and uh, and it was our turn, and there was a classmate actually of mine near me, and he started to sing a different song. <laughs> And I kicked him, or somebody else kicked him. So he sang with a completely different pitch. And the 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 head of our choir, our choir master, Eli Lipsker, 
Ali Lipska, Lavashalom. Yeah, he was, I saw his face. He like literally wanted to shoot the poor kid. Because there's nothing like, you know, one person singing a different song or just a completely different beat, completely different pitch. It was like, you know, the kid was doing the best he can. But it's like you're completely out of that symphony. So the truth is also in life, you know. In life, it's like either you're in sync you're in sync with the music, or you're not in sync with the music. Sometimes I just want to play my own song, or I want to play my own beat. I'm not, not in sync in the music, with the music, with the beat, the beat of life. So the Birur HaNitzutzis in that sense is identifying the Nitzutz for what it is. And that's what it means to elevate the spark. Why do you have to elevate it? You have to elevate the base from thinking that it's an isolated, lonely creature, right? That just has to struggle to figure itself out to realizing that it's part of an infinite symphony. That's what elevating a spark is. I almost bring it back. I bring it back to the Baruch. You bring the Reish back, I bring the Beis back, you bring the Vav back, you bring the Chav back. It's also within yourself to bring back everything. It's not just me versus you. And, or me together with you. It's even within ourselves, there's so many different voices, there's so many different conflicting moods, right? All of us. One day you're on a high, the other day you're on a low, one morning you feel like you're flying, the other day, you're, the other morning you're in the abyss. One day, you know, everything is rosy, the next day you're not sure why you're alive, what you're, why you're alive and what your future is. And each, each one, everything has a nitzitz. There's nothing that doesn't have a nitzitz. So the word nitzat is really a very sophisticated word. It means seeing the true core and content of anything. It's ultimate, ultimate, breaking it down to its ultimate core. Scientifically, we know that's the function of science, to break down everything and figure out what it really is. It's what every good electrician does. It's what every good plumber does. It's what every good architect does. It's what every good psychologist does. It's what every good physician does. It's what every good physicist does. Right? This is what we do. You want to, this is what every good car mechanic does and computer engineer does. We're breaking it down. We open the car and we try, you open the hood. I don't, but those who do open the hood. And that's what every person fixing a flat tire does. You got to check out what's going on. So that's what we're doing. We're dissecting it, going to the core. The nitzutz is the ultimate core. What's the ultimate core? The ultimate core is that you're part of Ein Seif. That's the ultimate core. And I want to go there. I want to. Sh- I want to show that. I want to find that. You're not a base. You're not a, a flying letter alone in the universe, forlorn, traumatized, depressed. You're part of the insight. But for this, I want to discover your nitzitz and bring it back. Mamish, like that's what elevate. Ele- quite literally, elevate it. I want you to bring you back to this. You're in the symphony. The symphony is playing. You can't quit. Even if you think you could quit, you are this. This is who you are. You're a divine. You may think you're a depressed loser, but it's not who you are. It's not who you are. There's a symphony playing. They once asked the Baal Shem Tev, uh, why the Hasidim are so happy. The Baal Shem Tev instituted that in the world of Hasidim, they should be able to be happy and dance even for no good reason, you know? A middle of a, a middle of a, a middle of a day to go attensel to this. They asked him, what is this about? Like Jews, especially in Gullah, should be a little more depressed. 
and downtrodden mm-hmm. and so forth. So the Baal Shem Tov said an amazing march. The Taldus Yaakov Yosef brings this, I think, his student. I forgot which sefer. I think the Taldus Yaakov Yosef. An unbelievable thing the Baal Shem Tov said. He said there was a person who was uh, playing music in the street. You know you have these people, and he was a brilliant musician. Brilliant. He was playing the violin or the guitar in the street. And, uh, and people who loved music, stopped. And suddenly a whole circle circle formed around him. And without even knowing it, they just started to, you know, you start dancing, you know, you hear music, you don't even know it, you start like, and it happens to you. You just start moving around and dancing and singing. And uh, sometimes you really get consumed by it. And that's what's just happening. He just drew everybody in. You couldn't resist it. And the Baal says, and suddenly the whole city was dancing. You know, the metaphor of the Vashemtiv. And then he said there was a man walking to work. And he sees hundreds of people in this town, thousands of people dancing. And he thinks to himself, this whole town went crazy. Pashat Mushagoyim. It's the middle of the day. Regular day. It's not a chasana. Not a bar mitzvah. It's not a pidina ben. Nobody came out of some tragedy. It's a regular day. Everybody is dancing, and he has concluded that his whole town lost its mind and went insane. The Baal Shem Tov said there was one challenge. The man was deaf. That was his answer to this person. Okay, think, think about that answer. He says, this man was deaf. He says, you can't judge. But that was the answer. <laughs> That's it. This is that, that makes the difference. If a person is deaf, they're deaf. <laughs> are, are we trying to um, fix Kaleem, or are we, or are we recognizing that all the Kaleem are broken and they can't be fixed? And that's reality. No, 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 no. So, so the um, I thought that we were at the ultimate. is a perception. It's a reality, but it's not an inherent, intrinsic, eternal reality. The achdus of Einoid Malvada is a real thing. The symphony is playing. It's my awareness of it that makes all the difference. You understand? He says, Marab, what, so what does a Jew do in the morning? You say the first thing before Kriyashma. And it has a whole other meaning now. Marabu Masach Hashem. In this world, you're going to see endless rabbu. It's not just the multitudes. That's really beautiful, the grandness of nature. But rabbu also in terms of multiplicity, the differentiation and the division and the fragmentation. Everybody is on their own trip. I'm trying to make my, my couple of bucks. You're trying to make your couple of bucks. This is a world of... of uh, Especially for thousands of years, you know, war, violence, bloodshed. This is the this is the nature of the beast. I take care of me. You take care of you. And you, you so you look at a world marabu. Everything is different. Everything is is singular. Everything is individualistic. But kulam b'chachma siso. But really, they're all come from chachma, and with chachma, with awareness. A sisa, you repair it all. It all becomes, it's really part of a single symphony. 
The question is if I can operate on that level of consciousness or not. Is it in two parts? Yeah. So first of all, I have to identify that as a nitzutz. And that's an amazing idea. Really identifying that you're not your trauma, you're not your depression, you're not your problem. You're not all that. Find the nitzutz there. And in everything there's a nitzutz. There's no such a thing somebody doesn't have a nitzutz. If it exists, there's a nitzutz there. A nitzutz is the thing from God's perspective. Because it's It's alive. There's a heartbeat, there's electricity there. What's the godly electricity of this insect, of this emotion, of this person, of this day, of this moment? It's identifying the kayach in it. You understand the mohus, the mohus of it. And then you almost, and then you, you could bring it back. You could bring yourself back. And according to the Balatanyan, this Maimi, he says, Zois Torah Sa'adam. This is this is the this is the purpose of life. Goy echod Ata echod echod on the top from your perspective. But then there's only fragmentation. Then comes in the Jew. And what does he say? Goy echod The nation that reveals echod, we're in earth. In heaven, preshvirisakalim, or in higher world, it's much easier. Because remember, in Bri, Yitzirah, the fragmentation is much less. The Chiddush is, the novelty is, Ba'aretz to be Megala the Echad. Rabbi mentioned yesterday that um, in, the, in the situation of a family, let's say, then there's no choice of estrangement. You want to fix the fix the feeling. Yeah. If someone is approached by a violent... Yeah, listen. Then you have to run away. You have to run away. You have to know the situation, you know... Maybe you say, you know, you go to your symphony. <laughs> in other words, huh? It's not only in family; it's everywhere. If you have toxic, uh, toxic environments, and they can't, they don't want to realize this, and so it's just, you can't do it in family. If you're in a toxic environment, you have to protect yourself, of course. Huh? But very often you have to realize, and this is not so easy, that sometimes the toxicity of the environment has sometimes to do with me. With my toxicity. So you just, you got to do beer on it, so it's over there too. In the practical application of this, we see everyone who's speaking to this group, for sure, is the, uh, as, as, far, sure, as fathers, as Zadis, as teachers, we're, our interaction with others. I know one of my sons, for example, has been having a problem in business now for a couple of years, it's a, and it's a theme to it. And so when he called me about it, because of my position as, as being, A, his father, B, decades on the planet, so I have an overview of it, and then pointing it out to him and helping him work through. So he's able to synthesize into the situation much better and have success. Yeah. So that's... It's, that's yeah, 100%. 100%. So there's identifying the nitzutz, which is not easy. Birur, boirer. In Hilchah Shabbos, we always say, what's boirer? Boirer is you got to separate. You got to find the toiv, right? Boirer, you take the good out of the bad, you got to find the nitzutz. What does it mean, find the nitzutz? Find that true truth in you and, and believe in it and embrace it. Your goodness, your, your infinity, your ain't soif, your godliness. And even with, and, and everything is a nitzutz. And that's ultimately its purpose. The nitzutz is the purpose for why it was created. It's its ultimate song.
it's the Dvar Hashem, it's the divine energy of it. And then when I can identify it, I can sublimate it. And the base goes back to, to the word Baruch, in that metaphor. Can you give an example? <laughs> an example? How practically do this? Huh? So give, give. Is it? Huh? Except one day, I, I don't learn that day. I destroyed the whole symphony. A, a conductor could hear if someone's out sick, there's a hundred people. He'll know someone's missing. Why? The famous Toscanini story. You've heard me tell that story. <laughs> Arturo Toscanini, the Italian conductor. Yeah. The real conductor knows when a violinist doesn't show up. That's what the Gemara said. The Mishnah says in Sanhedrin, Chayev Adam Loimar, Bishvili Nivra Ha'olam. What is this? You're crazy arrogant? The world was created for you, really? Pstoit <laughs> Meshigah? Huh? But it, there's a, in other words, it's not about, and it's not about guilt. Guilt, oh, I destroyed the world. It's about opportunity. It's about the value of a person. Bishvili nivra oilam means the world was created for me. Was, so the world was created for me. The world was created for you. The world was created for you. I mean, we call that narcissism. The, the, my family was created for me. My wife was. Everybody was created for me. So there's nobody else. There's only me. Everybody is a mirror. I just see me. It's the opposite. Bishvili nivra means that there's something in your life that the whole world needs. That's what it means. It's 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 a, it's a glorious concept. It means there's something indispensable about you. You'll say, yeah, but I'm not showing up. For the conductor, it makes a difference. For the symphony, it makes a difference. I may not be so sensitive, so you don't show up. But it means something. So it's not about trying to make people feel guilty for not showing up. It's really about impressing on the human being the the value of his or her existence and avoid that every moment. Is there a Gemara asked if somebody goes to shul every day, he doesn't show up on the Yeah. Who is there? And Marim He doesn't show up one day. Rebbeinu says, "Where are you?" It's exactly what it means. God and your mother usually, <laughs> and your wife and your mother-in-law. There's another few people who realize. <laughs> the mother-in-law's nitzitz. The mother-in-law's nitzitz. mother-in-law's the mother-in-law, and your mother-in-law's dar nitzitz. <laughs> <laughs> Depends in some people's lives. She's the conductor. Yeah. Question that he asked. Like I, I had an experience recently where I, I was stopped by by a police, and he was incredibly aggressive and scary. Yeah. And I went out. I, I was in a pretty good headspace, and he couldn't handle my bringing oneness into the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had to, you know, wait for him to write the ticket and everything, and then leave. That's a situation where I would run from. Now, if, if I'm in my with my family, with my children, and there's some type of tension or something, it's a situation I don't want to run away from. I want to make it better. So that's so that's one 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 place you run. From. Another place you want to take a breath, speak, ask, you know, speak, yeah. really try to make peace. They say there was an Israeli driver who was mamish like you know 150, 200 kilometers per hour. He's flying, which in Israel is not so fast. And a policeman stops him finally at one of the kvishim, one of the highways. And the policeman opens the window. He opens the window. The policeman comes, he's rubbing his hands. He says, you know, I've been waiting for you all day. 
for you. I didn't even give one ticket today. Everybody here is behaving. I've been waiting for a guy like you all day. So this Jew looks at him and says, yes, I know that. And that's why I came here as fast as possible. <laughs> it worked, yeah. He liked it so much. He said, be careful next time when Gegas on the head. So the ability to be able to, you know, hold your mind that way. I came here as fast as I can. I knew how much you need me. Huh? Asking why is he running away from the police officer? If it, if it happened to him, that means it's something. No, listen. Sometimes people are in a very bad mood. They're obnoxious, and you know, yeah, okay. It's we know that. That's part of. That's why it's a world of Shri Sakelim. It's a world where instinctively you have to. You don't sense this. One has to always work on it. I said, I think yesterday after the Shri, that the purpose of davening every morning is really exactly this: to bring the world back together. That's where the Jew wakes up in the morning, he davens. Davening is not a repetitive process. It's really a very deep uh, process. Even if it's for some person, it's, person, it's a few minutes, but it's a few minutes where you're really almost stand, getting up from bed and intuitively we're living in a fragmented, broken world and the Jew is protesting it and saying, no, goy echad ba'aretz. The whole davening, from meida'ani lefanecha, through Hashem alekeinu Hashem echad, through aleinu l'shabeach, it's all the goy echad ba'aretz. It's to claim and maintain that it's there's oneness, that there is a symphony, that every spark is essentially another note in a cosmic divine symphony, and every person and every creature is playing a unique instrument in in these songs. We have a unique note. We have a unique instrument. We have a unique musician, and so forth. And we have a unique conductor. Which, bring, which brings it all together. So that's the goy echad ba'aretz. So from many, you make one. God made from one many, or he allowed from one to come many. And we do the reverse. We make from many one. It's almost like we reveal the signature, the autograph of Hashem in everything. It's like you, you show, you reveal the autograph of Hashem in everything. And when you reveal that autograph in everything, there's one autograph. It's all one autograph. They're all, they're all the signature of God manifesting it through their unique handwriting, through their unique personality. And that's the revolutionary contribution of Judaism. To be able to come back and say, it's Echad. That's what Avram Avinu began teaching. And all of Torah and Mitzvahs, as he says, is the Zeus Avoidus Yisrael. All of Torah and Mitzvahs is there to reveal the unity in just another form and another fashion. Every single mitzvah. That's why the Gemara says in Shabbos that Hillel told a non-Jew to, who wanted to learn the whole Torah on one leg, he said that the whole Torah is about love. What you dislike to be done to you, don't do to anybody else. The Gemara says in Maseches Shabbos Lamed Aleph, Taf Lamed Aleph Lamed Aleph, Mada Alach Sani Lechavrach Loi Savet Zel Kola Torah Kula. The whole Torah is that, and everything else is commentary. Now go study the commentary. Now what did Hillel mean? How could you say that's the whole Torah? The whole Torah is is love, unity. That's not the whole Torah. That's part of Torah. It says Vahaftal Recha Kamoicha. It says don't lie. It says don't steal. It says don't cheat. It says you got to pay your employees. Uh, by night time or by next morning, but it doesn't say, it's not a whole Torah, so come on. <laughs> People are learning now Meseches Nida, what does that have to do with, with, with love, or whatever you're learning, Zvachim, Menachas, Chulin, 
Shabbos, Erevin, Psachim, Shkolem, where, where's, where's the love here? Sukkah, Beitzah, Tainas. Mela, the three Bavis, part of it is about civil relationships. The whole Torah is that. What does tefillin have to do with love? What does not eating shrimp have to do with love? What does fasting and Yom Kippur have to do with love? What does lighting Hanukkah have to do with love? What does reading a Megillah and Yom Kippur have to do with love? Yeah. But the truth is that all love, the, the Tanya says, in chapter 32, Perik Lev, the heart, Perik Lev of Tanya, that he says that, uh, that uh, I once heard from the Lubavitch Rebbe, he said over for this Tanya, so he said it's, Al Terebbe put it in Perik Lev, Al is the hearts from Tanya. It's the heart of Tanya. So while Tanya says that all love comes from recognizing, I'm saying it in my words, all love comes from recognizing that there's a symphony here, that you and I are really connected. And that only comes when you could reveal the nitzot, when you could reveal the neshama, when you could reveal the soul of something. The deeper you go into something, the more you could reveal the oneness of the world. The more external you are, the less you see the oneness. And it's true in all science and physics. The deeper you go into something, the more you see the patterns, the relationships, the interconnectedness, until you reach the, 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 trying to reach now the string theory where there's only one, oneness in everything. So in the person, it's also true. The deeper I go into myself, the more I could connect with you because there is so much oneness there. I'm a chelik alikamimal and you're a chelik alikamimal. You're a piece of Hashem, a piece of Hashem. And they said the whole time, what Hillel was saying, the whole Torah is to be able to find that unity within yourself, that unity within the world. Every mitzvah in its own way, in its own character. But that's what it is. And therefore, the guy, the Jews are called guy echad ba'aretz, the ones who reveal echad in, in the Aretz. Okay, so this was, you gave your introduction, I gave my introduction. We see the difference as I, uh, I, uh, I rest my case. <laughs> Who's giving Chazara tomorrow? I'm not giving Chazara tomorrow. That's like a bleed nether. <laughs> you weren't lying when you said an hour. Huh? I wasn't lying, no. <laughs> this helps when you're lying. It helps a lot how you take it out to yourself. That's the main thing. The main thing is how you take it into yourself. Uh, if you don't take it into yourself, it's uh, stam. Uh, it's nice tighter, but it doesn't. Uh, it's not. It's not fulfilling its purpose. You're not finding the nitzitz. <laughs> it's just on paper. It's not. Uh... <laughs> can never be corrected. Why? It can be corrected on one from individual perspective, but not as a as a group. Why not? Because not everybody's in the gym. Okay. Well, you'll bring another friend, and he'll bring another friend, and sooner or later, everybody will be in the share. Remember, they're also part of the symphony. Yeah. Huh? They're playing separate. Huh? They're playing separate. So you said yesterday when enough people have um, um, practice, get a gila, practice, then... Gula, practice, gula, clawless. Yeah, like kind of Theory, like when there's enough people that the hush puppy, the tipping point, the tipping point, critical, uh, critical mass. Right. Good to see that. And then the share comes, then, then the share comes, I guess. Yeah, it's all undoing Shreya Sakalim. The Kalim could the Kalim could become whole, and when the Kalim become whole, they could contain that light again. That's the point. You undo the Shreya Sakalim. 
you, you, you look at the broken pieces, this is what it is, you look at the broken pieces and you say you're not really broken. You're part of wholeness. And that's the difference of trauma versus not trauma. Are you broken or you're not broken? One of the most powerful, for many years of dealing with, I'm not a therapist, as you know, I'm not a psychologist, I have no training. But uh, one of the things I've seen with boys and girls who have experienced uh, sexual abuse as children or as teenagers, or all forms of abuse, but just this I've seen it disproportionately is that they inside feel really broken. I'm like a, literally like a broken bowl, like a broken piece of china. Mama's broken. They're broken. And they feel it, and that's how they look at themselves. I'm broken, I'm damaged. They, they even use the word, I'm damaged goods. What does damaged goods mean? You know, you come into the store, it's broken. Take it, take it for, for 10 cents. So I'm worth 10 cents, right? That's the pra- very, one of very practical, you asked, who asked about the practicality? Oh, he left. Shvir Sakalem. I'm a bro- broken person. I'm talking in its ultimate manifestation. The Shvir Sakalem on, on more subtle levels, but, right? And what's the avoider here? The avoider here is to be your spark became so isolated from the symphony, from from everything. You don't even see it as a spark anymore. You call it a curse. You don't even see your spark. You don't even see the sparkle in the, in, in the eye. You know what I mean? I once heard a conductor speak. His name is a Jewish guy from Boston, uh, Zandman. He leads the, I believe, Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. His name is Z- Benjamin Zanman. He's a British. They, I think they escaped the Nazis. And he lives in America, I think, in the head. So he once spoke. And he said something very powerful. He said, as a conductor, I don't say a word. But with the baton, I, 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 I sweat, I run. I said, and then I get all the credit. <laughs> I didn't do anything. He said, the musicians did. Why do the conductors, everybody applauds the conductor, the conductor. I didn't do anything. They played the music. Yeah. So he was just talking about that. You know, he was bringing out what a conductor is. But then he said, how do I know I'm successful? How do I know I'm, su- I'm a successful conductor? How do I know I'm doing a good job? And then he says, I look at the people and I look into their eyes and I see that their eyes are on fire. I see a sparkle. In their eyes, I know I'm successful. That's what he said. And I thought it's a very powerful message, like for a teacher. How do you know you're a successful teacher? You look in their eyes and you see a sparkle, you know? Huh? No, what's the answer? Can I see? Actually, in you I do, yeah. In you I do, yeah. Yeah, you could see. You see the sparkle in his eyes? Yeah, and it's so true. In other words, he says, as a conductor, my job is not to do to do what I have to do. My job is to to what we're calling here the bitter hanitzutzus, to extract the sparks. When a person feels broken, their nitzutz it's so hidden, it's so separated, it's like in shells. Another word a lot of Hasidim grow up with with is clippers, nitzutzus and clippers, and the nitzutzus are trapped in the clippers. And it sounds like this crazy mystical term that nobody knows, but it's really one of the most powerful psychological statements. It means your spark is encased in shells, 
like a walnut, you know, a walnut, and you got to take a cracker, and you got to crack it up. So to get that spark in a person's eyes means you extract, you extract them from from their from their shells, from their husks, which the trauma created, which the brokenness created. The brokenness told the bays that you're not part of anything, and you just go into hiding, and that's where you're going to survive. So that's a very um, dramatic and traumatic manifestation of Shvira Sakela. And that little spark in that keli like goes into hiding in a cave and that's it. And, and, and the person operates based on their shells and their husks. So to be able to open that up and extract it and then bring it back to the symphony, that's, that's where life begins. That's where relationships begin. It's an incredible idea. And this is 1805. This is 150 years before psychoanalysis, psychology, therapy even didn't exist. Didn't exist in the vocabulary of people. But the model here is, uh, it's probably one of the most powerful models for healing and understanding human nature and this. And also the synchronization between Judaism and psychology becomes incredible. Right? When he says, all of Yiddishkeit, Zoyis Avoidus Yisrael is to, is to be megalodus achdos. Getting a preview for the Nefesh presentation. Psychology and psychiatry, I think it's like, you know, a few, like about 3,000 years behind the times, you know. No, there's a lot of goodness to it, but you can't compare, when you have this depth, when you have this understanding, it gives it a whole different resonance. You know? The psychologist himself shouldn't be working out of Shreya Sakela. Psychologist himself can't be a victim of Shreya Sakela. If you want to heal others, or help them heal, I should say. You don't heal others, but if you want to help them heal, you have to come from that place. It's a very different place. I asked a therapist who's, uh, who's been learning here a lot on the phone, and uh, he's, I asked him what the, he's a very good psychologist, very good, excellent. I asked him what the chassidus did for him in terms of his work, uh, patients. He says, what it did for me is that I started to look at myself in a different way. So I look at my patients in a different way. He said, I started to know myself in a different way. I started to see a vocabulary that's different than myself. So automatically everything changes. It's not one detail, another detail. I figured out a way to talk about this or that. It's a whole different amkos in a person. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yesterday, you, yesterday you mentioned that you mentioned that um, when someone's in a lot of pain, sometimes they when the when the base is separated, they'll go seek it. They'll make a different reality for them. Tomorrow there's a shear, okay? Tomorrow there's a shear. Good. Yeah, bleed under. Yeah. I'll tell him to put it on the. Yeah. Really mentioned Thank yesterday you. that when someone's in a lot of pain, when the base is sort of being separated from the burrow, they'll try to make it create a separate reality, a new reality. Yeah, yeah, very hard. Yeah, yeah. when you romanticize your shvira sakelim, it's a new shvira. <laughs> so that that means that they make like their new separate. Yeah. Yes, because I'm in pain. I'm in too much pain. Yeah. It's like when a child tells a father, "I don't need you anymore. You're not my father. What is it? I needed you so much, and you weren't here for me, and I can't live with that. It's too much. So what do I do?" I don't need you. You understand what's happening? It's the child saying, I needed you so much. 
It's the exact opposite. I needed you so much. If I wouldn't have needed you so much, I don't have to tell you you're not my father. Why do I have to tell that to you? He doesn't know that it's not true, that your father is your father. I needed you so much, and you couldn't be here for me. For whatever reason, I'm not now blaming or judging anybody. It's not about that. Right? But you weren't here for me. And the pain is, is, is searing. It's, 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 what am I supposed to do? So what does my brain tell me to do? You're not my father anymore. Who needs, who needs this guy? This guy is not my father. He's not an idiot. He's a crazy guy. He's not my father. Wonderful. And if I could convince that to myself, so there's no pain for not needing, for not being with you. If you're not my father, what do I need? You're a stranger. What do you think? In other words, he took the shvira and he made a philosophy out of it. You see, once I understand what happened before, he took the shvira and he made a philosophy out of it. And I, sometimes they both. What is the option of surviving is what he's asking. Okay, so fine. What's his other... No, no, again, I understand what he's doing. But he's, he's I'm not going to do the romanticizing. He's, uh, he's creating a whole way of life from the he's brokenness. Fine. He's giving it a status. You, uh-huh. you, so you can really connect him. But my father, I don't know if he is well. Okay, right, right. So, but but healing happens when the boy and the father can articulate their pain of separation. Fine. But even if the father not, even if the father takes toit meshiga. Yeah. But I could I can acknowledge that pain. And 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 if I'm not acknowledging the pain, it's not that it's not there. I'm broken without acknowledging that I'm broken. So what's the better option I have here? There's no generalizations. I mean, a person's life is individual, but the, but the concept is that I have to be able to identify who I am, that I'm part, I'm part, I'm part of Baruch. I'm not separated. And, and it, it hurts me. Yeah, it hurts me that I didn't have that father. It hurts me. But yeah, because it, it's who I am. It's, it's part of my real connections. And if I can do that, I can heal much faster. I can heal much better. Because the other way, I'm just covering it up. I'm just repressing it. You understand? It's not like it's not there. I'm just denying. I'm just denying it. I'm just covering it because I don't. I don't want it to come to the surface. Huh? Shutting off conversation. Shutting off communication. Shutting off conversation. Communication. Right. Yeah. A couple gets into an argument, right? And he picks up his hand and he says, "I just can't deal with you." And you leave the room. Yeah. So what happened? And you stay in two rooms forever, emotionally. And then you say, oh, I don't need this person. They're just a nuisance. I'll do myself much better. Right? (laughs) But it's not always the case that way. It's the other way around. You were hurt. You're connected. And you got hurt. So identify that. Your nitsutsas want to be together. And they don't feel they could be together. So instead of identifying the pain of the shvira, you're saying, oh, there was no shvira. I'm meant to be alone. I'm meant to be in a fight with you forever. Really? You're not meant to be in a fight with me forever. It's betraying you. Vaharaya, you're not happy as a result. It's not like you feel so good and elated. Tomorrow you're smoking weed. Why? You're so good. You're so happy. Because you're miserable. Right? Then you're drinking at the Kiddush. Then you're on the web for four nights, four hours a night. Surfing, not uh, not the yeshiva.net. 
That's Nishkeferlich. <laughs> that was just a commercial remark. <laughs> I, I have a problem you understand what I'm saying? If you're so happy, why is the person running everywhere? Because he's not so happy. And the reason he's not so happy is because there's a nitzutz there. There's connection. I want to be connected, and I'm hurt. And if I could speak about that hurt, yeah, so maybe I could repair it. Maybe I can't repair it. Maybe I can't repair it. But I'm present. I'm feeling what I need. And then I could work to ways. I need a father. I needed a father. So I have to find how I can help myself heal. But by denying it, I'm not helping myself heal. All I'm doing is distracting myself more and more from that pain and creating a reality that's a substitute for who I am. And how how good can that feel? This is important stuff. Of course. All addiction is a distraction. As the great recovery people say, addiction, I always say this, addiction is not the problem. Addiction is the solution. Of course. I'm suffering from something. We say addiction is a problem. No, no, no. Addiction is the solution. It's nice to say addiction is the problem because then I don't have to take accountability. I just say, look at these crazy addicts. That's not really the problem. The problem is what happened before the addiction. What this girl was feeling before the addiction. But I don't want to go there because then I have to look at myself. I got to look at my house. I got to look at my school. I got to look at my shul. Right? Who wants to do that? All I want to say is this girl or this boy is a crazy addict. And that's their problem. Get them out of the addiction. I don't want to say the addiction is not the problem. The addiction is their solution. They were running from somewhere. This girl was miserable in her environment. Now, maybe she has a lot of challenges. Again, this is not about blaming anybody. It's never about that. The moment it's a blame game, it's another Shvira Sakelu. Blaming is also Shvira Sakelu because I'm just busy bringing out how bad you are and how good I am. So it's never about that, but it is about identifying what the struggle was. For that, I have to look i got to go this way, not this way. Right? See why she went to addiction. What was the shavira? There was a brokenness here. There was a brokenness that was needed to be compensated for. So she went to addiction because that gave her some relief, some identity. Her nitzitz needed some oxygen, so the oxygen became toxic. Carbon dioxide, literally. Instead of getting oxygen, that it it can help it. But this nitzitz, this we say the nitzitz is in clippus. It's it's very covered up. It's very very broken because the bay is like completely detached, and and the little spark now is in uh, completely covered up for what it really is. What is it really? It's a spark. It's a spark of divinity. It's a spark of godliness. It resonates, right? It resonates, huh? How do you know something is true in life? You know it's true. That's how you know it's true. Right? You know it's true. <laughs> Addicts. Yeah, I always say Dr. Tversky, the famous uh, teacher, have told me that uh, that the addicts are the most sensitive and spiritual people among us. He says they deal with all the lies that everybody else deals with. The only thing is they can't deal with the lies, so they go into addiction. <laughs> He says, most other people, they let it slide off them. 
Next, who doesn't know that there's hypocrisy? Big deal. There's corruption. So what? Move on. Right? Go to the Kiddush. <laughs> Eat some jalapeno herring and, 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 and sponge cake and weitigegeinge. Like, relax. Don't take it so seriously. But spiritual people and sensitive people, they need much more. They need much more purity. Their nitsoitzes are starving for much more. And when they don't get them, they break much more. They, they run away much more because they I can't find it here. I go there. This is what he told me. Very profound idea. Is it true about every single one? I can't say it's true about every single one. He told me 60 years of experience. I can tell this to you. You speak to them and you'll see. They have a lot of issues because they destroy their lives. But you will not find people as spiritual as sensitive as they. They didn't have the direction they need. They didn't have the protection they need. They didn't have the guidance they need. You know, and the disease took them over, but it's, it's, it's very real. I, I was, it was very interesting to hear from him. Shia Tversky, Rabbi Abraham Tversky. In a way, it is easier. In a way, when you speak to them, and I've done a lot of events with them, Shiurim, they're, 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 first of all, their egos have been shattered, so they're very honest. So it's a pleasure to speak to them. That's number one. They're very vulnerable. When people destroy their lives, they don't have egos. They don't come to the table with a ganze shtel, you know? They don't, it's like, hey, what are you going to tell me, Rabbi Waiwa? Let's hear, entertain me, entertain me. They don't have that. They're vulnerable. They're without clothes, without levushim. I don't mean physical. I mean, they're without cover-ups. So that's number one. And number two, they get it. They, they're tough as deep things. But sometimes the disease of addiction has been so powerful that they're like, they're very stuck. They need tremendous help. I mean, their own help. They need courage. It's, 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 it's a. You see in society, people end up here, where you're describing, in the attic or the something, and the other people which you described a minute ago that live in their own bubble. Always, yeah. So, if you're looking at healing, this, this is that we can talk about it and cry about it and complain about it and understand it after the fact. How can that be healed? It's all, it's all, as, as you keep saying, a result of the environment. And, you know, how can you, uh, Got a line here, a shiny. All that stuff. So what's what's the idea? We all grew up in certain homes. Everybody, every one of us, had right? The nurture and the nature, and, and so I want to tell you something. When you're in a very, very good place, in a very wholesome place, doesn't mean you don't struggle. What it means when you, when you're working on your own beer hanetzaitzes, you could see it in other people, and there own limitations and struggles don't affect you so much and most importantly you have to realize that deep down those who sit like this and they're unbreachable are often yearning for it so much more everybody's human everybody cries <laughs> once in a while under their blanket so if you if i get in a spall from their clipper Except this is an expression, don't get in a spall from the clipper. What does it mean practically? When you're presenting me with a hard shell, the last thing I should be doing is taking that seriously. I almost have to have compassion. I'm like, okay, there's a shell over there, without judging you. Because the moment I do that, now your shell already went into me. But if I don't have to take it so seriously, and I could look a little deeper, then ultimately, at least many people, not everybody, there's a certain, remember, everybody has an ashama. Huh? They don't have to detach so much. And if we, but you don't detach. <laughs> don't detach from them. So they won't have to detach from you. Now, sometimes I'm too weak. I'm like, I can't deal with these people. I'm out of here. Okay. 
Fine. So I'm having also, uh, I'm having my moment. So I need, I, I need my own chizok. That's fine. Right? But the worst is to take their shells seriously. They're not so serious. They're their own protective. Everyone is trying to protect themselves. My question was not how do I deal with it. I understand. And I also understand the people that live in that bubble that all it takes is one poke. I'm one asking, poke, yeah. I'm asking, look at as a, us as a greater community. Okay? How wide do you want to go? I don't know what the percentage of is. How many people live a wholesome, healthy life from when they were brought up in a wholesome? <laughs> there are. There's a percentage. And there's a percentage you end up, whether the furthest extreme of addiction or down that spectrum. And then the, the, those who, their disease is being in that bubble. Well, we talk about it, and, you know, we have to get to 40 or 50 years old to start understanding what's do I'm asking, is a community, is a world all over how is this going to change? How is this going to heal? All these people, these addicts, and all these bubble people are, are, are gentle, you know. Most, have, of, most of the people <laughs> going through this and working on themselves, and you ask them if they want to go back and be in a lifestyle of everything being okay, they wouldn't feel even successful. That's their challenge to go through and fix it. I understand, but uh, in the same time, we're having generations and generations of people getting more and more messed up. And so, Rabbi Jameson is trying to teach us to be ambassadors of light and teach more people to be ambassadors of light. Ambassadors of love, light, and hope. Remember, Damara. Three words. Ambassadors of love, light, and hope. Love is the achdos that we talk about. Uh, light is the nitzots, right? And therefore, it results in hope. You mentioned Nefesh before, this organization, and I have no idea what it is, but I'm sure there's hundreds of people that are trying to get the community to heal, but there has to be a, a shift in the nature of the nurture and how you set up life. This should take a turn. That's my question. That's so big picture. That's so easy. It takes a lot of time, okay. a lot of work. You're thinking big picture. I'm trying to understand how is this going to change. It's like the son's Rebbe, you know, he thought he could change all Europe when he became Rebbe and he saw... The B'chaim Tzanz. You're telling me there's a big, giant boulder rolling downwards and every little piece of sand is supposed to find their way out of that. Got to start, you know, we got to start with ourselves. Just try to be as good as I understand. Today I'm not asking an individual question. Usually he asks individual questions. Today he's uh, he's worried for Klal Yisrael. I feel I feel good today, but I feel painted. I'm not painting the picture. I didn't even give it a percentage, but there is a percentage. Well, no, and I, I don't. I think it's overwhelming me to the negative side. That it's my own talk. Like for for me for. For me, my perspective of you is like if you. We're not talking about me today. I'm not here. I'm in a very good place today. I'm good. You, when you smile, I'm connected. He's just worried for everybody else who's not in the. When you smile, when you smile, you don't know the effect that it has on other people. It's unbelievable. I'm telling you. You meant Shabbos morning. That's Tidim Shlema. Just walk around smiling. But also, the show is no base coffee. There's what? There's. 220, Yeah. We learned it in the Maimah, yeah. Pchoyed is the Beis and the Chaf and the Resh. It's the multiplicity of life. It's probably another reason why he uses this word. Because Beis is number two of the units, and Resh is number two of the hundreds, and Chaf is number two of the of the tens. It may be another reason. Use somewhere else this word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know.
I don't remember. It means it's bitl, when we grow up, bitl means zero, that you're nothing. And we keep on struggling, asking again and again, yeah, yeah. always it's one. I think for me, it's the first time I have such a clarity in what means bitl, for what's worth, because the bias is still a bias. I don't know who is more, the bias of the Reich. And it's not never going to be the same, but still they have to be together, which is a very... I mean, the Shvira Sakaila is also that you're nothing. Yeah. Fakert, Bittel is Bittel. When you say Bittel means you're nothing, that's part of Shvira Sakaila. We're learning now about Shvira Sakaila. And he told me, listen, we are after Shvira Sakaila already. There's nothing what we can do. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it was very innocent. Like, this is, this is not stuff for me. It's an ancient history. <laughs> we already broke. Shvira 10,000 hearts a day. 15 billion years ago, Shreya Sakela. He's broken. He's broken, that's it. Maybe in Olam Haba you'll get some schar. I think Bittu's understanding that you're part of it uh, for the first time. The whole word. He says clearly. In other words, the base separate, is much less powerful. <laughs> it's a base, okay? When the base becomes egotistical, it becomes weak. <laughs> it doesn't have the oil. And I gave a muscle, you cut off a hand because it wants to be independent. <laughs> now the hand is bittled. <laughs> it's more the opposite. Also, when it comes up, when it comes together, which is bittled, it's not a zero, it's still the base. Yeah, the same base. Fakert. It becomes a a a keli, a conduit for the for the for for the ain't safe, yeah. The keli breaks, the tumor goes away. Huh? When a keli breaks, the tumor goes away because tumor only exists with his kedusha. You have to understand that we learned in the Gemara. You remember, tumor doesn't exist with his no kedusha, right? An animal can't become tummy. A person can become tummy. Yeah? And a Jew has the highest levels of tumma. And when a Jew dies, there's more levels of tumma than anywhere else. The worst tumma. Why? Just because he was a helikayid, a finayid? Because tumma is always where there's potential for Kedusha. Tumma is, the tumma wants to get Kedusha. When, you're very good. When there's a broken keli, there's no Kedusha there. So there's no tumma there. There won't be Tumah where there's no Kedusha. Tumah is always where there's great potential for Kedusha. In a Kaili that's whole, there's great potential for Kedusha. You asked a good question. You understand? So there could be Tumah, yeah. There could be Tumah. It could be misused. Yeah, there's nothing there. If I'm a beggar and I want to steal money, yeah, you go, you rob a bank. You don't rob another beggar. <laughs> I'm not saying this to do it. I mean, you don't rob another bag. Are you gonna, what are you going to get, 50 cents? You go to the bank. You go where the money is. Tuma doesn't go Doesn't go to Schnorris. So the base that's separated from the Baruch can't... He asked a good question. Halacha, a broken keli, it becomes Tahir. So it's good. It's good, right? It's almost like the Halacha should say, go break all your vessels and they'll become, they'll become Tahir. The answer is, I'm saying, it becomes tar because there's no, it, there's no wholeness to it anymore. So what about 
It's not use. It's not useful for a person. Well, sometimes you have to break the person. That's another Indian. That's another. A deeper Indian is that sometimes the shvira, the lev nishbar, can create a deeper wholeness. It's a separate Indian. Also, also true. Also true. When the kalim come back after shvira sakalim, they're much deeper than before. Usually. Gula Klolis is Gula. We don't have to wait so long. We waited enough. Gula, Gula Klolis is to get... What is Gula Klolis? Gula Klolis is just Gula Protis on a mass level. That's what it, It's the same thing. It's not this Gula Protis and this Gula Klolis. Gula Klolis is when the Gula Protis really expands. That's why everybody keeps Shabbos. So we're all one. Mashiach comes. Yes, similar. Yeah. yeah. There's a word that Balatanya once said that there were neshamas, like Rav Shemim ben Yechai, Lagabi them there was no churban beis amikdash. In other words, they were in galus with all the symptoms, but there was no churban. What do you mean? Physically there was a churban. Physically there was a churban. But the state of mind of Geula, they had so there was no chorb. And that's what he says. It seems like the Bavish Rebbe was like that. Living in a state of Geula. The Rebbe Taka lived that way, but because he was a Rebbe, so he felt the experience of the world, so therefore he was also in Gaulus. <laughs> never understood how we can listen to some of the people's problems. And I got in there. It's not even true. There's a story of... Uh, the, the what? The snare. The Why he revealed himself to Moshe in a snare, a thorn bush to say that I'm with the Jewish people in their distress. Okay. Bezer Hashem. Have a beautiful day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.